You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Adam Schefter is here with the latest. Jimmy Garoppolo reached agreement with the Las Vegas Raiders. Jesse Bates is signing with the Atlanta Falcons. Ooh. $60 million mm. down key for Juwan Taylor. Mike McGlinchey's got a five-year, $87.5 million deal. We are better than yesterday. What's coming next? What's coming next? Juju Smith-Schuster. Jordan Foyer. Patrick Peterson. Baker Mayfield. Zeke now free to find a new home. the end zone for Dylan. Yes! Gardner Johnson. All the latest, all week. We've lost he is off there working the sources. Yeah, Adam Schefter was on fire during free agency last week. And there's a lot more news coming your way. And no, it's not that we'll get Dan to stop dancing one of these days. I, what is that, an air flute? I'm not real sure. Piccolo, maybe? We got the wind instruments Piccolo. going. And that is Marcus Spears and, of course, Mina Kimes. We begin the show with some breaking news from the league office regarding Commissioner Roger Goodell. Adam, who you just saw off the top of the show, what do we need to know? Well, Laura, the NFL owners and NFL commissioner Roger Goodell are expected to finalize a contract extension for the commissioner at next week's NFL owners meetings. Now, there was some question about Roger Goodell's future, but this extension, which is still being finalized right now, which is in the process of happening, obviously is expected to extend the commissioner's tenure. And we've seen other commissioners at his age step aside. Roger Goodell right now is 64 years old. Pete Rozelle was 63 when he left office. Paul Tagliabue was 65 when he left office. They've been discussing a multi-year extension for Roger Goodell. It looks like it's going to get done next week at the NFL owners meetings. There is a closed session special privilege meeting called for Tuesday afternoon at 3.30, at which point the compensation committee that's been empowered to work on this deal since the fall is expected to present it to ownership. And at that point in time, it is expected to get done. And Roger Goodell is expected to receive his fourth contract extension from the NFL, bringing him even more time after he's accomplished the collective bargaining agreement, the new media rights deals that he's brought in, the streaming deals for hundreds of millions of dollars. And so it looks like we are ready to have a new extension for NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell next week at the owners' meetings. Adam, what does that mean for his legacy as you think about Roger Goodell going forward? Well, it's going to extend it, and it's going to give him even more time to add to that legacy. And I think when we look back on all that he has accomplished, there will be questions about player safety and concussions that have come up. There will be questions about the league's record on minority hirings, which has not been good. But there also has been the point that he has helped boost and elevate the value of franchises to record levels. The league played every game during the pandemic at a time when many people thought that they wouldn't. And there are all sorts of uh, profits that he's helped make for the league. He's turned the league into a money-making machine where the league is the envy of all other sports leagues in terms of the product they put out, the value of the franchises, the media rights fees that they get each year from these networks. And so this will continue that now going forward and put to end any speculation that had existed that Roger Goodell 
was on his last deal. This will be his fourth extension from the National Football League. We'll keep an eye on any reaction around the league as this news continues to trickle out. And, of course, Adam all over it. More news, Adam, to get to from the weekend. Let's start with the Lions making a splash in their secondary. Yes, yeah, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the former Eagles defensive back, reaches agreement with the Detroit Lions on a one-year deal worth up to $8 million. They've been out there looking and talking to other teams, but ultimately in the end, he chooses Detroit. And he's familiar there with Aaron Glenn, the Lions defensive coordinator, Dan Campbell, worked with both men in New Orleans and now will reunite with them in Detroit. The Las Vegas Raiders are going to sign O.J. Howard, the tight end who had 10 receptions last year for 145 yards. They trade away Darren Waller, one of the tight ends that they'll look to replace him with is O.J. Howard, the former first-round pick, who's finding a new home in Las Vegas. And Adam Thielen, the former Vikings standout, reaches agreement with the Carolina Panthers on a three-year deal. Goes down to Carolina, where they need some wide receiver help, where they will pick a quarterback at number one. And Adam Thielen, the trusted veteran, will be a trusted target for whichever rookie quarterback the Panthers wind up taking. At number one, Laura. It feels like a really smart security blanket for the Panthers to add him and some more on Adam Thielen. He's one of the top free agent wide receivers this offseason available. In fact, over the last three seasons, Thielen has recorded the most receptions and second most receiving yards of any wide receiver to hit the free agent market this offseason. He also has recorded 30 receiving touchdowns over that span, which is not only the most of any free agent, but also the fifth most of any player in the NFL. Dan, does this move make sense for Frank Reich and the Panthers, especially considering, as Adam pointed out, they're going to have a rookie quarterback picked at number one overall? No question about it. I mean, Adam Thielen has 534 career catches. The rest of the Panthers offensive, or at least wide receiver unit, has 279. So we're talking about an organization that's going to take a young quarterback. Hey, let's have somebody in who's played a lot of snaps, who's proven, that could teach the young quarterback. It's a little bit of a reverse situation. So often quarterbacks teach the receivers. Well, this receiver is now going to help the young player. And also, it's not just him. They added Hayden Hurst and Miles Sanders. And what I like about it is those guys have played on different football teams. Hayden Hurst is a guy who could threaten the scene that's massive for Frank's, Frank Reich's offense. He's been a, that's been a huge part of his offense. And Miles Sanders could be a pass-catching back, which is another part of Frank's offense. Again, those guys have been around, so there's going to be a little bit of the reverse teaching with the veterans to the young quarterback. Um, I also like the fact that it's a complete offense right now. There's not a singular focus point for a rookie to get hung up on. It's going to be a little bit more of ball distribution, and that's going to be really beneficial for a quarterback that just wants to come in and feel or realize what it's like to play in the NFL. Yeah, we'll keep talking about who that quarterback may actually be, but a reminder that the end of last week, Adam pointed out that the Panthers still leaning Bryce Young at number one overall. There's, of course, Anthony Richardson out there, C.J. Stroud. These pro days this week that we'll continue to talk about. Now to the Cowboys, guys, who have made some notable moves since their season ended in San Francisco. Dallas parted ways with offensive coordinator Kellen Moore despite having one of the league's highest scoring offenses during his tenure, and they bolstered their secondary, acquiring former Defensive Player of the Year, Stephon Gilmore, through a trade with the Colts. That finalized last week. And then yesterday, the Cowboys added to their offense, acquiring wide receiver Brandon Cooks through a trade with the Texans. So, Adam, we start with you. What do we know about how the Cooks deal ended up coming together? Well, listen, the Houston Texans have been looking to deal Brandon Cooks all during the offseason, and his name came up before the trade deadline last year, which is nothing new for a player who now has been traded four times during the course of his career, and he's not even 30 years old. It's amazing 
how one player can be so highly thought of in so many places, and yet he's continually traded for one reason hmm. or another. Now, in this particular case, Brandon Cooks was looking to go play for a team that he felt had a better chance to win this season than the Houston Texans. And it turned out to be the Dallas Cowboys, who have been looking for more help on the outside, really, ever since they traded Amari Cooper to Cleveland last year for, oh, a fifth-round draft pick. So in this particular case, the Dallas Cowboys give up, amongst other things, a fifth-round draft pick, the same fifth-round draft pick they got back for Amari Cooper, this time for Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks comes in. He will complement C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, who should be further recovered from that injury, and it should give the Dallas Cowboys offense even more explosiveness this upcoming season. Yeah, I like the value, like the player, but I think most importantly, I like the fact that his addition addresses what I felt was one of the biggest problems with the offense yeah. last year, and that was the lack of separation. You remember when we talked about Dak and his interception, something I brought up was that he had the highest tight window throw rate in the league. So Brandon Cooks might not have the same top end speed he did earlier in his career, but last year, in just 11 games, he had the same number of 30-yard receptions as the entire Cowboys Ooh. roster. He is still a savvy separator mm. and elite route runner. Um, to me, this makes a ton of sense for this team. Now you get CeeDee Lamb in the slot, benefits from that separation. Michael Gallup slides to the number three role where he thrived in. And as Adam alluded to, the value was not great. It was not a lot to pay for him in terms of the trade. They can move on from this year if they want to. So to me, this just feels like a smart bit of deal-making for this Dallas Cowboys team. Yeah, so this move and the Gilmore move makes me think that there's another move coming, a big move, because I believe that those two moves qualify mm. Dallas as like the win-now situation. And I'll go to the draft, and I've we've had this name floated and or attached to this team for the past couple weeks, but B. John Robinson out of mm. Texas, the tailback now, and when I think about this offense and the addition of Cooks and Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb and then Pollard coming off of the broken leg, if you get a Bijan Robinson type of player that people have said the next Ladanian Tomlinson type, we're looking at an offense that is an explosive. Now everyone's going to go, well, Dan, you don't take running backs in the first round. I think when you're one of those teams that is in win-now load, it does make a lot of sense. It just doesn't make a, a lot of sense in the first five picks. L listen to some of these names. First-round tailbacks in the last six or seven years. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, uh, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Sony Michelle won a uh, Super Bowl. Clyde Edwards-Elair hasn't panned out. Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, Todd Gurley. I mean, a lot of those running backs have become very successful players in the league. So it's not just – or it's not that you can't take a back in the first round. you got to be a certain team, which the Cowboys, I believe, are now – and you got to take him at the right time, which is like 15 to 32. Yeah, it's interesting. They have that 26th pick in the first round. So go up. Could be, yeah, go up, make sure nobody else gets him. Keep an eye on that. And Marcus, we're talking about here, and Dan said it, maybe a bigger move. But let's take it to the defensive side of the ball for the Cowboys. What did you make of the trade for Stephon Gilmore? Yeah, first, I just want to say how good everybody look. Y'all look so good. Everybody bro, looks wonderful ground, today. It's though. good to see y'all. <laughs> like it's you it's today, just bro. gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Listen, I, I, uh, I, I, the Brandon Cooks, me and Dan talked about it earlier today. Brandon Cooks move, obviously it feels a need and what Mina alluded to. I love the Stephon Gilmore move because I think it permeates through the entire defense. I, like everybody talking about the opposite corner of Trayvon Diggs, we know he's a ball hawk. Stephon Gilmore in his career has been a ball hawk, a phenomenal, a, a defense player of the year in his career as well, um, playing the cornerback position. But more importantly, it helps your rush. 
And we all lauded Dallas with the ability to get after the quarterback. And we know that the central focus is Micah Parsons and what he's had the ability to do since he came into the league. I think this further helps Dallas and it further helps Dan Quinn, especially when you start getting into the idea of pressure and creating and adding more guys to the rush. You got two bona fide cornerbacks that quarterbacks have to be wary of the entire game. I think this move is going to make this defense better, which in turn is going to make Dallas better. Because remember, Mike McCarthy said, I want to keep those guys off the field sometimes during the course of a season. So this is a phenomenal pickup for me. Yeah, we heard that. Uh, just one more thing on Brandon Cooks, guys. He brings a lot of speed, okay? He's reached 20 miles per hour as a ball carrier 22 times since Next Gen Stats being tracking that in 2016. He's a speedster. Get him the ball. Yeah. Okay, we're just speedster. getting started here on NFL Live. We got a lot more coming your way, and we're a week into free agency. There hasn't been any movement with Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. Adam told us that might happen, but he's back to update us with the latest on both QBs and where those situations stand. Plus, are the Bucks trying to compete or start over? Well, Baker Mayfield is getting a fresh start in Tampa, but someone says he has to make this work or he's trending toward Carson Wentz territory. We'll explain. NFL Live carries on next. We'll be right back. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Week six in the XFL is back Saturday as the Sea Dragons square off against the Guardians on ABC at 1 Eastern, then the Battlehawks and Vipers at 7 Eastern on FX. Sunday afternoon, it's the Brahmas and Renegades on ABC. The Roughnecks and Defenders cap week six Monday at 7 Eastern on ESPN2. Every game also available on ESPN+. Time now to read and react back here on NFL Live. Glad you're with us. We're going to talk about some of the news from around the league. We start in Miami where the Dolphins have picked up Tua Tungavailoa's fifth-year option on his rookie contract. So the big concern, of course, regarding the Dolphins quarterback has been injuries. It wasn't just the two diagnosed concussions last season. 
Could have been more. And it also goes back to his time in Tuscaloosa as Tua has had two ankle injuries, a dislocated hip, Jeez. thumb, ribs, and finger injuries all since 2018. Dan, what are your thoughts, though, on Miami's decision to pick up the fifth-year option? Yeah, absolutely no-brainer to do that. This is really the ideal situation and why the picking up the fifth-year option was ever created to protect the team a little bit. You thought last year was important for Tua? This is even more important. Can you go out and play on the field well again? You did it last year when you were healthy. And the second part is, can you actually stay healthy? That is the most important question. I have no doubt that Tua can and will play well, but he has to prove to this organization to get the money that he wants that he can play a full 17-plus games. And when it's good, it's been real good. Let's go to Houston, where the Texans and offensive tackle Laramie Tunsil agreed to a three-year, $75 million deal extension yesterday. The move makes Tunsil the league's highest-paid offensive lineman, earning him an average of $25 million a year. That's $2 million more than the next closest lineman in Trent Williams. Another big fella getting paid, Swagoo. How are you feeling about Tunsil getting that bag? Well, when you're about to go into a fight with multiple people, the first question you ask is, who got my back? And there's none better at left tackle than having your back than Laramie Tonsil in the way that he's played. He's a pillar for this Houston, Texas organization that has been, quite honestly, y'all, in disarray. And when you're in the draft and you're this high and you're going to draft a young player, it is very welcoming to whoever that quarterback is that they choose that Laramie Tonsil will be the left tackle. This is a phenomenal signing for the Houston Texans. Let's go back to Florida where the Buccaneers kept one of their top free agents re-signing cornerback Jamel Dean to a four-year $52 million deal and over the last three seasons the Bucks corner has been great in coverage allowing just a 54% completion percentage as the nearest defender in coverage that's the best mark of any player in the league to see at least 100 targets over that span according to NFL next gen stats Mina what do you make of Tampa's decision to re-sign Dean I thought this was great value for a player who's had some injuries, a little bit up and down last year, but has shown that at his best, he is one of the top press man corners in the league. So to get him on this multi-year deal at $13 million per year, that ranks just 13 amongst cornerbacks behind guys who had deals done in the past. And some of it, I think, reflects the fact that the cornerback market seems to have tapered a bit. But for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to bring back this young player at this price, I think is a great deal, regardless of where they are in their timeline, which we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, we're getting to that, right? Okay, and we stay in Tampa Bay. The Bucks have signed Baker Mayfield. The former number one overall pick is coming off the worst season of his career, posting a QBR of just 25. That's the fifth lowest mark by any quarterback in a season since ESPN began tracking the metric in 2006, the worst since Josh Rosen in 2018. Here's the latest from a very businesslike Baker today. Uh, for me, you know, uh, with an organization like this that has had success, obviously for for a while and, and as recent years as well, it was important to me to, to be in a place that's stable and knows how to win, knows how to do it properly. And, you know, I've gotten, gotten to see different things from my journey that is not exactly how I drew it up. I want to go somewhere that we can win right away, and this is that place. All right, Mature Baker. Uh, Marcus, what do you make of Baker Mayfield landing in Tampa? Um, well, first of all, off that press conference, you've been a part of why the journey hadn't been that well. Let's get that out in the open. All right, the second thing is, when you get to Tampa, when you get to Tampa, and y'all know I talked about this, I thought Tampa should have went after Derek Carr really hard because I felt like this was a team that still wasn't quite in rebuilding, that felt like they could win some games because mm -hmm. of the veteran presence that they have. I think this is Baker Mayfield's Carson Wentz moment. 
right? We saw Carson and we still thought of him as a starter when he went to Indianapolis. We saw him in Washington and we saw how that worked out. Now, I believe in people's minds now that Carson Wentz is either a backup or in, not either, a backup in this league or somebody that you might see just bouncing around the league to fill in positions. I think this year is going to determine that for Baker Mayfield as well. You are still riding on your first overall draft pick with teams giving you chances, people picking you up to see where you could go. And to Baker's credit, he's had some moments in this league where you feel like if we could harness that and get some consistency in that, maybe we have a guy. But I feel like this is the Carson Wentz moment for Baker Mayfield, like we saw mm. Wentz go through uh, multiple teams. You know, I I'm glad you brought up the Saints and Derek Carr because I think the contrast tells a lot, tells us a lot about these teams and how they view themselves. Uh, because when you look at the rosters outside of the quarterback, there's a lot of similarities. Veterans, good players, both rosters, yep. kind of too good to tank, frankly, or be at the bottom of the NFL. But the Saints said, we are going to go all in. We're going to try to compete. We think Derek Carr is the guy. We're going to give a multi-year deal. Whereas the Bucks took a totally different approach. Yes, maybe there's upside with Baker Mayfield. Maybe some of the flashes we saw at the end of last season with the Rams will stick. But the number that matters the most here is one year. The Bucks said, we're going to try to be competitive. We'll see what we've got in Baker. But we are going to revisit this question one year. And I think if you're a Bucks fan, um, in some ways, that actually makes you feel good that this team is realistic about their prospects in the quarterback market this year and wants to take another shot at it next season rather than go all in on, say, a Derek Carr. Can Baker Mayfield become Geno Smith? That's, that, that, like, that's the way I look at this situation. So the new offensive coordinator in Tampa, Byron Leftwich, no longer there, comes from Seattle. Dave Canales is his name, who was their quarterback coach. And he was obviously a massive part in what Geno Smith was able to do this past year. Geno Smith was a relatively high draft pick that was cast off. And he's going to bring that very similar system to Tampa Bay, Dave Canales's, that Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator that ran in Seattle. So I'm going to see Baker Mayfield push the ball downfield. Throws a very pretty deep ball, just like Geno Smith. Multiple tight ends on the field. We talked about that. A lot of the bootleg, the play action, the outside zone stuff, the easy completions. So the, like, I'm a little bit more intrigued because of that marriage and or relationship from the quarterback and what the offensive coordinator was a part of last year in Seattle that maybe Mina and Marcus are. Hmm. I think that Baker's got the capability. I don't know if he's going to have the same type of year that Geno did, but I can see at least the hopeful parallels for him and Geno from last year. I do like the hiring. I think the difference is, you know, Geno didn't really get shots after he flamed out in the New York. He started a couple games for Seattle Was when Russell Wilson was hurt. Right. Baker Mayfield, we have seen now, you know, at multiple destinations in good situations. We saw Carolina, the Rams. I'm not saying that what you're saying is impossible, but I do think it, it would take quite a leap from what we saw last season. Yeah, and at all those spots, it's worth remembering, Mayfield has thrown 64 picks since entering the league in 2018. That's four more than any other quarterback. Got to get that taken care of, certainly. But a one-year opportunity coming up on NFL Live. Where will Odell Beckham Jr. play next season, okay? He has yet to find a new place to call home. But Marcus thinks there is an obvious landing spot for the star wide receiver. Find out where next. And it may not be where you think Swagoo would put him. We'll be right back. More NFL Live on the way.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I got to admit, I went in the darkness, 90% retiring, 10% playing. I thought that that was what was best for me. And when I came out, I was really interested in what the kind of landscape was, uh, where, where Green Bay was at. If uh, I wanted to play, you know, what were the options? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Love and appreciation and gratitude for everything that Green Bay has done for me. Love, so much love and gratitude, and just heart open for the Packer fans, Packers would like to move on. I still have that fire and I, I, and I want to play and I would like to play in the work. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, getting that done at this point. Glad you're with us on NFL Live. That was Aaron Rodgers last Wednesday, making it clear his intention was to play football for the New York Jets this season. Now, five days later, still no movement there, Adam. You told us that might happen. Where does it stand now? Well, it's a standoff between the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers. It's a friendly standoff and there can be and will be communication between the two sides in an effort to bridge whatever differences and disagreements they have on what the compensation should be for Aaron Rodgers. They'll continue to discuss what is proper. Obviously, the Packers want a significant return for the greatest quarterback in franchise history, in his own words, and we'll see if the two sides can figure it out. I think, really, the differences are more Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. The fact that it's gotten a little personal between the two sides than it is between the Packers and the Jets. The conversations will continue, and they will continue until you would think something does get done. But right now, they're in the same spot they were last week. Personal with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, you don't say. Um, okay, of course, the other major quarterback story out there right now involves Lamar Jackson, who can now negotiate a deal with a new team. The Panthers have the first overall pick this year. GM Scott Fitterer was asked today about the potential of bringing in Lamar. Listen to this. Uh, like anything, like you always have a conversation. Uh, but uh, we were looking. He's a great option. There's a really expensive option. But uh, we're focused on more of the draft picks at this point. Really expensive option. Interesting. Adam, what is the latest with Lamar today? Well, that's the issue. You go down the list of teams that could be interested in Lamar Jackson, and many of them have made quarterback moves. Now, you could argue and debate whether or not that's an upgrade over what would be the acquisition for Lamar Jackson, but we've seen the Raiders sign Jimmy Garoppolo and the Panthers trade up to number one and the Jets be engaged in trading for Aaron Rodgers and the Colts going and adding Gardner Minshew and the Commanders adding Jacoby Brissett to go along with rookie Sam Howe. And so teams are making moves. Now you have to find the team that has number one, a need at the position, 
Number two, the salary cap space to pay Lamar, let's just call it $50 million this year in guaranteed money. Three, the willingness to tie up your cap for a week with the idea that the Ravens very well might match the offer anyway, a team that has the draft pick compensation. There's a lot that has to go into it. And again, I would open it up to everybody. You tell me the candidates right now that would logically make a move. And that's why the market isn't as robust as it should be for an elite quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Yeah, maybe he does end up back with the Ravens. We'll, of course, keep an eye on that. Let's get to Odell Beckham Jr. now as Adam hang tight with us. He says he's confused where a quote came from that says he wants a $20 million contract. $20 million a year, by the way. He said, all I'm saying is four and enough. Okay. Emojis in there, too. And meanwhile, Giants running back Saquon Barkley replied to a highlight film of Beckham saying that OBJ is still that expletive. Uh, so, <laughs> OBJ told Saquon to have GM Joe Shane call his agent and that he still here? has more, quote, stuff to do. You think Why that's stuff? do this to me? Do this is that, inappropriate, okay? I should not be. Stuff? <laughs> what yeah. do you think it is, Dan? Let me ask you that. You're boo not going to say it either. All right, Adam. I got more boo-boo to do. Boo-boo. <laughs> that, anyway. Adam, what do we know about the interests surrounding Beckham right now? And look at teams that have made moves at wide receiver. Dallas figured to be one of the potential landing spots for Odell Beckham Jr. And over the weekend, it traded for Brandon Cooks and is paying him $12 million this year. That probably eliminates Dallas. We've seen the New England Patriots go out and give $11 million a year to Juju Smith-Schuster. We've seen other teams like the Raiders go out and give $11 million a year to Jacoby Myers. There's only so many wide receivers and players you can play. Now, there are still a handful of teams that are expected to have interest in Odell Beckham Jr., the Buffalo Bills, the Giants, the Jets, the Rams. We'll see which ones decide to move forward for Odell Beckham Jr. He will find a landing spot. The question is, at what price? Yeah, Mina, you heard some of the teams Adam just mentioned there. What do you think is the best situation for Beckham? Yeah, you know, he, he's a tough case because he's been injured and we haven't seen him play football in a while. So, you know, we, we know at his best he would have been one of, if not the best, wide receiver options in free agency, but we don't know if he's at his best. The last time we saw him producing at a high level was on the Rams during their Super Bowl run. And that's the role I think I'd like to see him in this season, even if it's on a one-year prove-it deal, as sort of a high-end number two in an offense like Buffalo's, where you have a number one, Stephon Diggs, who draws a lot of attention. And in the backside, you've got Odell Beckham Jr., who's still you know, a very, very good route runner, can give yards after the catch, is an explosive player. That, to me, makes a lot of sense. But to Adam's point, of course, it is about – the financials, they did clear some room restructuring Diggs' contract. If I was the Bills, I would go all in on that because I do feel that was an element that was missing from their offense mm. last year. Y'all follow me in this circle of mine. I'm going to play mind tricks on everybody because of what <laughs> Mina just said. No, he doesn't need to be in the one spot, but he'll be a one in Kansas City, which is, should be the obvious spot for me. And when you think about it, he's only the one at wide receiver because Travis Kelsey ain't a wide receiver. That's why he would be the one, but he would yeah. still be the two when you talk about the ability and effectiveness of the guys. I think you do a one-year deal, six or seven million dollars in Kansas City. More than mm. likely, you're going to end up in the AFC Championship based on what we've watched the last <laughs> five years. Mm. And you'll have an opportunity 
You'll have an opportunity as well to have dynamic numbers, show that you're back fully healthy without it all being on you, but you can make those explosive splash plays that Odell Beckham Jr. wants to make as well. I think Kansas City would be perfect with him. Great play caller, great, uh, great uh, quarterback, and a great tight end, and you would just fit seamlessly in, brother. Yeah. I, I like him in Pittsburgh. There, there, there's really like two groups of teams that make sense to me. Your two are in the first group where you sit there and go, really good team, maybe a really good receiver away. Uh, Buffalo, Kansas City, I'd put Baltimore in there, both New York teams, the, the Saints even, maybe even the Chargers. And then I transition to a group of teams that have the young quarterbacks. And I sit there and go, cheap young quarterback, the goal is to always maximize the talent around them. I look at Green Bay. I look at New England, and that's why I go to Pittsburgh. In the AFC, it's really about two things. Either acquiring firepower or people to minimize another team's firepower. And Pittsburgh has Najee Harris. They have Deontay Johnson. They have George Pickens. They have Pat Firemuth. With a young player at quarterback and Kenny Pickett, if you add Odell, that maximizes that young player's potential. It also gives you the firepower that at least gives you a chance to combat everybody in the AFC, even in your division like the Bengals. Good point, Dan. And I like Marcus's suggestion of the Kansas City Chiefs. The only issue, Marcus, is you basically came up with the price at six to seven million dollars for Odell Beckham Jr. Now, if that were the price, I think we'd have a lot of teams interested in Odell Beckham Jr. And I don't think that he's willing to take that price right now. Now, maybe mm -hmm. most of the season he will be, but that's a low number that doesn't sound anywhere close what he's looking for. A reminder that Odell well, himself... telling him what he should do. Yeah, nah, okay. He should sign for six months. Hey, you know what? He should sign for let's go 10 six to 12. To seven. Let's go six to seven more, and let's put another six to seven in incentives yeah. that if he produces mm. like the player he is, Look at now Shetty. we're talking big Look time agent Now we have something that works for everybody, and there, there we go. go. There Make we go. Schefter. Make the call, teams. Maybe that was right. Shefter there we go. Agent. We we got it all figured out here, and that wasn't boo boo for those wondering. Up next on the show, Will Levis is going to have a lot of eyes on him this when he throws team. at Kentucky's Pro Day Friday. Dan shows us specifically what he hopes Levis has worked on that you can look out for during the pro day. That's next. We'll be right back. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
Hey, we're back on NFL Live. We got some big time pro days this week for some quarterbacks. CJ Stroud coming your way on Wednesday. And then Bryce Young is going to have his pro day on Thursday. This is notable. He didn't throw at the combine. He also has grown a few inches in our studio here. So that's good to see for Bryce. Better Bryce. Hey. And then Friday, Will Levis, who's apparently shrunk. And by the way, our graphics hey, team, Will. our director, our AD, incredible with these graphics. We're not calling them out. We're just having some fun. His pro day is on Friday, so a big week for the quarterbacks here, and we'll have all the coverage that you need. Let's get ESPN draft analyst Matt Miller in here. Matt, want you to tell us what scouts are going to be looking closely at as each of these pro days happens. Let's start with C.J. Stroud on Wednesday. Yeah, Laura, we were in Indy when C.J. Stroud like rocked the football world with that fantastic workout at Lucas Oil. So I don't know that he has much more to prove after that. But one thing that we didn't get to see in Indy that I would like to see in his very scripted pro day workout is what does he do on the move? What does he do on the run? It's not something that we're saying he can't do, but it's something that scouts didn't get to see him do a lot of at Ohio State. So that'll be the key. How many rollouts do we get in this pro day workout? For C.J. Stroud, that's definitely something to watch. You mentioned uh, Bryce Young looking taller on the graphic there. I'll tell you, the weigh-in for Bryce Young is actually going to be important at the Pro Day. We saw him get to 204 pounds at the Combine. Does he maintain that weight? Is it something that was it water weight to just get over 200 pounds when he actually weighs in in Tuscaloosa? Where will he be at? I know teams are very curious because there's rumors he played around 185 to 190 pounds. So the weigh-in, honestly, more important than any throw Bryce Young will make. But again, we didn't see him throw an indie, so it'll still be something we're watching. For Will Levis, I was actually very underwhelmed by the deep ball workout from Will Levis, who said at the combine he had a cannon, he couldn't wait to show it off. He drove the ball very well on short to intermediate routes, but the deep ball really got overshadowed by Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, and even Stetson Bennett. So I think this is a good opportunity for Will Levis to remind people of that arm strength and what he can do when he's throwing to receivers that he's a little more comfortable with. It's going to be fascinating to see what he comes out with. I do think some of the talk around pro days has changed a little bit after what we saw happen with Zach Wilson. It's interesting that you see Maddie talking about like the weight is the most important thing for Bryce Young. But let's talk about Will Levis specifically here because there are some things that you'd like to see him work on. And what are those? Not a singular throw. It, it would be like the body of work of the pro day. One, the consistency of the accuracy throughout it. And then really like have you worked on the progression? So this is the consistency of accuracy. Awkward misses that show up. It's a flat route and a stick route. You're working outside in. Once this happens at the line of scrimmage, those defenders get pinned. This is a layup. This is essentially a give me throw. Just yeah. toss it to the front pylon with where that defender is. Now look how bad this ball misses. Mm. That's by four or five yards. That's an awkward miss. Now look where his laces are. He so often in quick game doesn't actually get the laces, and I think that leads to some of those misses. And then don't get stuck, meaning show me that you're not just going to throw the football to the certain guy. Cover two, corners have the flat area near the ball. Safeties have the deep half zone of the field. We have a wheel route and then an in route. Now that in route is a good option in cover two unless someone takes it away. That's when you can't get stuck. Now see this back angle because you're going to get that corner to sit. He's going to have vision down the middle field. Linebacker and middle linebacker push that way. Look at the backside in route, which is also a great option versus cover two off of where the linebacker goes tries to squeeze it in the middle of like a triangle and it's almost intercepted. So I want to see the consistency of where the ball should be throughout the workout. And then I would want to get some drills where he thinks one's going to be open and you take it away and then he's got to get to a two or three option hmm. to try and simulate some of those looks. You know, 
there's a lot to like about Will Levis. I think you'll see some of that on display, the arm strength, athleticism, you know, toughness. Um, but my biggest concerns about him as a prospect, Dan, are the decision-making. You can kind of lump that in with processing. Yep. And then his feel for pressure, which is something that shows up, granted, you know, with not the, not the greatest pass protection at Kentucky, but still his pocket movement is not quite what you'd like to be. And so my question for you is, as we look at this week, at the very idea of a pro day, is that something you can even evaluate at an event yeah. like this as a team? Can you, can you learn anything about Will Levis' ability to process and manage pressure from you know an event that's like this? One, you're spot on with those things. Two, it's hard. Like, just want to be honest in the situation. It's really hard to try and simulate yeah. those things and go, oh, well, this, what we saw on tape no longer matters because you seem to have fixed it. But I still think you do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I still think you show everybody, I know I have to work on this and I'm going to attack it. So I think there's ways that you can simulate some of those internal pocket movements or trying to take away that first read where you force him to get from a one to two to three so it's not so scripted, right? That's one of our complaints about pro days is they feel so scripted. Get him to show that the reactionary um, elements of his game are growing and, they, and that he realizes that they're flaws, that he has to make a strength. Yeah, I spoke to Mark Stoops, his college head coach, uh, ahead of the combine, and he pointed out that they really wish they had done more for Will Levis. He said he regretted not being able to make that final year better for him. That's how they feel about him. But, Matt, what's at stake for Levis off the field this week as teams watch this workout? Yeah, I mean, the workout's important, but I think the interviews are most important. He's going to go to dinner with an NFL team the night before his pro day workout. He'll likely meet up with teams after his workout as well. I mean, I was at Zach Wilson's BYU pro day a few years ago where the Jets had their entire contingent there. We knew that day the Jets were taking Zach Wilson just based on the kind of the attitude and the atmosphere there and how much time they spent with him. So I think for Levis, he really has to, I think, coming off a combine that was Average. It was so-so. Is All the feedback I've got from teams is he's got to really impress teams this week on who he is coming to the building and the work he can do to get back to that 2020 tape. Yeah, and if you've ever talked to him, he's capable of that. By the way, some great establishments in Lexington to eat at. They could go to Tony's. There's a lot of good spots. We Just watch, really you know, beach season's coming, guys, okay? <laughs> you got to put a suit on at some here. point. Okay, when we come back on NFL Live, the Lions secured a star safety in C.J. Gardner-Johnson this week. And here why Marcus is saying this Detroit team is the one to beat in the North. More love for Motor City on the way. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
dived. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Back on NFL Live, and we were waiting on this one. C.J. Gardner-Johnson headed to Detroit. The top free agent safety now off the board. What an addition for the Lions. They're obviously stockpiling talent. And we'll get to that. The Lions have made their secondary a priority this offseason. On top of Gardner-Johnson, they brought in Cameron Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley in free agency. Makes plenty of sense, right, as Detroit's pass defense ranked last in opponent QBR, 31st in yards per attempt and 30th in first down rate last season. And Marcus, you like what the Lions did on defense last week? It's like they're just stockpiling guys on guys here. Yes, yes. Not only did the Lions do well towards the end of the season, obviously, but you also think about this team and how they've continued to press forward. This is the first time in a minute that I've thought the Detroit Lions, outside of when Caldwell was there, is they, they have a clear plan, a legitimate yeah. way that they want to go about playing football. They want to be physical. This is a team that plays with a lot of, a, a lot of energy. Aaron Glenn and obviously the head coach Dan Campbell has done a phenomenal job at changing the ecosystem and changing the way that these guys think about the Detroit Lions within their own building. No better guy than Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Y'all, we saw his impact and influence on Philly's defense when he was there. My man Buggy hit us with a stat, our researcher, which is phenomenal. When he's on the field, look at the QBR of the opponent. Look at the TD to interception ratio and the yards per attempt. This is one guy. This is taking one guy off the field. QBR goes up by 20 plus points. You see the TD interception ratio, 12 touchdowns to three interceptions and 8.2 yards per play when Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was off the field. You're talking about impact and a team that believe that they can win early and often during this season and have a chance to do big things. That's what the Lions did with this signing. And they're going kind of deep to forward or, or, or long to short. They're, they're going coverage first, it yeah. feels like. You know, from a quarterback's perspective, they got six or seven guys now that can cover. So we're talking, and I go back to Detroit to start last season, and they could not get off the field in the pass game. I remember the Eagles game vividly. I remember the Seattle Seahawks game vividly. When they had to get stops, they could not stop the pass. And the way yeah. that Aiden Hutchinson played last year, you sit there and go, if they can cover, that defense has got a chance. Aaron Glender, D coordinator, wants to play physical, in your face, man coverage. To have six or seven guys that can do it, if that front four plays as well as they did last year, now we're talking about a defense that matches a very good offense. Yeah. I swear the Lions are like the official team of NFL Live because every time we do a Lions segment, everybody's mood picks up. Yeah. <laughs> we're rooting for them, MK. Come on, Detroit. We all just like really love this team and the way they've gone about things, and, and that continues with these signings in the secondary. Uh, Dan, you talked about how the Lions play a ton of man coverage. They also use the fourth most nickel in the NFL last year, meaning an extra defensive back. So what they needed to do was not only get defensive backs who could cover and play man, but they just needed volume, period. Uh, what I love about this signing, particularly C.J. Gardner-Johnson, is his versatility. If Tracy Walker is still banged up, he can play safety. If he's not, they can slide him into the nickel. He can play a number of positions on this team, gives them versatility as they figure out where they want everyone to play. I also love that all these contracts are super reasonable. You yeah. got Cam Sutton on a cheap multi-year deal, C.G. Gardner-Johnson Gar on a one-year prove-it deal. They all fit together really well. Don't keep the, they, it doesn't prohibit them from drafting a corner either in the first round this year. It just strikes me as really smart, calculated team building. Yeah. Uh, real quick, where do they finish in the division? Yeah. 
Oh, they're the division favorite right now. Yep. No question about it. I, you, I, I'll make the case to you right now that if they continue 100%. to add, if they add another piece on their defense and their offense stays healthy, it's them, San Francisco, and Philadelphia as the teams in the Let's NFC. Go. I can't wait to see a really healthy Jamison Williams, too. Time Ooh. for one more thing before we go. Who yes. needs enemies when you got friends like Booger McFarland, okay? Shouting out 6 p.m. Sports Center host, our friend Kevin Nagandi, on his birthday with this photo. Oh. Look at this. The hoop earring, jacket, Smooth. no lapel, the turtleneck. Uh, anyone got a guess on that year? When, Yo, what year was that? Who, who's the Joey from um, uh, New Kids on the Block? 94. <laughs> He's an 84 coach. This I like the 60. hoop earring, though, Kev. That's good. Mr. Steal Your Girl, Mina. Mr. Steal Your Girl. Happy birthday, Kevin. Was that guy the boy band back in the day? Uh, what? New Kids on the Block. I don't know, Dan. Was that a boy band back Maybe in the Boys day? Maybe Boys to Men. He's a Philly guy. Maybe I mean, he was in Boys, Boys to Men. Men, yes, but I don't know what you're talking it's about. It's so long. Also, no let's all wear brown fits again tomorrow. <laughs> Boys to Men. Bye. <laughs>